everyone gets treated fairly, but not everyone gets treated the same. All right, friends, the Ultimate OD Podcast, we have an amazing episode for you today. We're talking office talk. I'm talking staffing. I'm talking staffing. I'm talking expansion. A lot of stuff in this episode. Hopefully you get a nugget or two that makes you a better practitioner. This is the Ultimate OD Podcast. Here we go. All right, friends, a little office talk today. So before I get into that, thank you for the likes, the follows, all the people reaching out. It's going to be a good year. I've had a good January. I hope you guys have had a good January. Figure out, if you haven't already, what you're going to do this year and just go after it. It's exciting. It's the journey that we value. It's the journey that matters. Okay? The destination is not, it's not going to be a solution to your problems. You're going to get there and you'll be like, what do I do next? Constantly. So aim big. Go for something you think is not achievable and you'll be surprised what you can you can accomplish. Okay? I say that because that's that's what I'm doing. And, well, misery loves company or it could be loaded with wisdom. But you, you pick and choose. I don't care. But that's where we're at. So looking back on last year or looking back, something I observed, um, we had a person that great and optical. She was nice to me, just never really fit in. And always had this like, just it never really meshed and blended. And when I was on the outside looking in, I'm like, you know what? If your talent's better than your headache, we'll keep you around, right? And I felt the talent was better than the headache. Well, it kept coming to a head. We started having one-on-one meetings and it just wasn't getting resolved. And we let the person go and you know what happened? Everything got better, okay? Now, I bring this up because we spent a year trying to make our culture better. And when we tried to make the culture better, invariably we thought of this staff member, we're like, how can we get her to mesh with the group? So we kept focusing on the outsider in our mind to try and get everyone to flow and be better together. And, you know, we do things we try to make progress and it really wouldn't, it, we think we're there and then we go back down, up and down, roller coaster ride, all over. Well, like I said, once we got her out of the equation, everything that we were doing, all those you know, team building exercises, the culture exercises, they just, they resonated, they took off and people are doing it. It was working this whole time, but that one bad apple was a, casting a dark shadow over everyone. I didn't realize it, but her presence was holding other people back. We had people blossom and take it to the next level when she wasn't there because they felt, little did I know, that they were always judging them or looking over their shoulder and they just didn't want to take a chance to step out and fail, right? And I bring this up to you because Hindsight's 2020, but I know there's times when you sense there's not a good fit and you can't put your finger on why or what, 
But if you feel it now, the writing's on the wall. Make the move. Let them know, hey, we need to change this here. Otherwise, it's just not working for us. You deserve better because you need a place that will allow you to thrive. And our culture is this way. Either you fit in and you go this route or you deserve better because you have different beliefs and needs than what we could offer. And honestly, I've seen so much growth there. It's just something that is constantly in my mind now is don't sacrifice the greater good because you're afraid to replace someone that can produce in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's an admin role, whether it's an optical role or technician role, everyone is replaceable. When we lost our office manager a year and a half ago, it sucked. But at the end of the day, I said it to you on this podcast, this is my office. I built it once. I'll continue to build it. I make the machine run. Okay? That's not arrogance. That's just, that's what I believe. So you need to have that belief about your office too. If you think someone's irreplaceable, you're wrong. You're putting too much effort and energy into that person you start making backups now and that's like people that can do portions of their job so if they were to leave you can still function you probably do this in a small form when that person goes on vacation how do you run and operate and if you can't operate when that person's gone you have a hole in your business that you need to fix right now all right so a little perspective for you there staffing Let's talk about that some more. I just talked to you about the bad apple that spoiled a bunch. Get the better culture, better crew, and then you know what you get rewarded with? Well, you have an office meeting. I'm very particular. Everyone comes to the office meeting. It's how we get all hands on deck. It's how we all roll in the same direction. If you miss an office meeting, PTO is cut, and then I record all the meetings. You have to listen to the meeting, and then we have an oral one-on-one conversation. If you guys ever went to ICO and you missed an exam, you know that you would get a different exam, and a lot of times it'd be an oral quiz of the material. I've taken that and made it my own, right? Well, I did that. I also had a staff member that had a personal issue and was late. Not a huge deal, but she has been late a couple of different times. We live in Michigan. Weather's been bad. But I just, I sense that if I let this go, if I get pushed, pushed around too much, they're going to start taking advantage, right? That's that's my mentality. So I had a sat down talk. I said, hey, this is a letter of the law. I know that weather was the reason you got there, but this is the rules that we have. I told the staff member that had that personal issue, hey, I get it. Don't let it become a common practice. That's all I'm saying. You know, and then after that, I stepped aside, you know, let it, like, cooler heads prevail. And then, you know, I'm like, Hey, are you good though? Do you need anything from me? Right? I feel like when you're working with your staff, there's a fine line between being a great leader and boss and getting pushed around and having no real culture, real authority, real standard, if you will. Okay. One of the best ways I've got around this is having the majority of my staff not directly report to me right? They have managers that they talk to. They emphasize that. They can go with that. If I'm talking to them, it's a level above there. There's more of a, oh man, boss is talking to me. This is a big deal, right? So it's a balancing act. It's just very important 
that you know what you stand for and you don't get pushed around. And I'll, I'll I say this from a point of failure, right? There was a time in my life when I didn't have this this belief, and I had a staff member who was probably one of my best at the time because she was the most experienced. Not a great person, looking back on it. Again, hindsight's always twenty twenty, and she came in one day. And she's like, you know what? I've talked to my fiance and I'm not working. At the time we work Saturdays, I'm not working more Saturdays. I'm getting out of this time and I want this wage. And if anyone, I don't care who in my office, came up to me now and said that, be like, thank you for letting me know. I'll take your keys and it was a pleasure working with you. Because that's not going to happen and this is not the right spot for you. I don't care if I had one staff member. I would kick them to the curb and say, this is just not the environment that you think it is, right? That's how I react now because of that experience. But you know what I did at the time? I said, okay, because I, in my mind, I thought there's no one else that can do what they did. If she wasn't here, I'd be in big trouble. Wouldn't have been, but that's what I thought. And it lasted about 60 more days and then she was gone. But if someone's making those demands, it's not worth it. You're better off getting it out of your culture and not letting everyone else get corrupted. And honestly, when that happened, it took me a year and a half probably to revamp the culture, revamp what we did. But I'm very conscientious of that now. And again, take this, this what I'm telling you with a grain of salt. I'm a great example or a horrible warning. But I'm telling you right now, you have to have a standard and you have to stick by it. I have certain staff members that get certain special privileges, but they've earned them. And I've let all the other staff members know, you know what? She gets what she gets because she's been here for X amount of time, or she can do this and you can't, right? And that's just the way it is. Certain people get treated certain ways. Everyone gets treated fairly, but not everyone gets treated the same. All right, it's a fine line and you have to figure out what works in your office for that, but that's life in general. And that's how I'm I'm running my office. We've had a happy, good, solid staff for the past two years since you know the uh, great rehiring, all the people that were here for COVID that left and went back to their respective jobs. We've been very steady and good about that. So again, perspective, whether or not you use any of that, as the actual what you do, fine, but take it as an example of that's a great idea. Let it stir some thought in your brains of how would I handle the situation? What would I do? Be prepared because it's going to happen some way, shape, or form. And the more you think about it, the more prepared you are, the better off you'll be when the situation arises. All right, last little bit of office talk. As I'm going through, just one of the conundrums that I, I'm running into is, again, I want to secure financing, which is fine, shouldn't be an issue, but I want that safety net just in case, you know, there's ups and downs, I'm always preparing for the worst case scenario. So security financing, fully prepared to pay it off within, I might have to be five years because there's a penalty for certain banks, whatever, but I'm going to pay it off as soon as I possibly can, right? If there's no penalty for payoff, definitely within three years, pay off move on with my life, go from there. The conundrum I have is I have three lenders. One, I've worked with in the past, easy to work with, but very hard to get answers. 
I'll tell you this right now. One of the worst things that you'll experience when you're working with other professionals, whether it's your accountant, your lawyer, you know, banks, is if they suck at communication, if they don't get back to you, you don't feel valued and it really is hard to work with them. No matter how easy and simple it seems to be or why you'd want to work with them, if they don't communicate, it sucks. I have someone else that's easy to work with. They can fund me. The terms just aren't quite as good as the person that I'd rather work with, but doesn't get back to me. So again, now we're balancing cost-benefit ratio. And the third option I have is someone that's really easy to communicate with, really easy, you know, a relationship I have, but the, the terms are crappy. Like, it's amazing how every different bank has their different philosophies and different beliefs. One bank, the one that, you know, crappy terms, it's an unsecured loan, so they have a bunch of stipulations that are odd. When the other two could care less if it's secured, they're just like, you're a great investment, we're going to do this. It just, if you're looking for financing, if you're doing this, it's a lot more effort, but shop around. Get as many, you know, hands in that pot to give you the best case scenario that you can. Options are your friend. You're going to have all the paperwork. You're going to have it all together. Whether you're starting a practice or you're looking for an expansion, it's all the same stuff they're asking. They're just their forms. So it's not easy. It's not hard to get the information. It's just a lot of work to give them everything that they want because every different bank has their little nuance questions or needs throwing its tax time and now my account's asking for things. It's just a lot when you're also trying to run a business and such. But honestly, this is what we do. This is why we're better than the majority of other ODs because we can wear many hats. So again, just a little perspective, what's going through my head. Let me know what's going on in your practice. We'll have more for you next week. Where, where has the time gone? We are to the closing of the episode. And today I will leave you with this. Oreo cookies, statins. All right. If you've paid attention to anything in the uh, nutrition world, statins get a lot of bad publicity. They get some good publicity. Honestly, the data, everything is all over this thing in place. I don't know what to think of statins. But a paper was published and it showed that Oreo cookies were more effective than statins at lowering LDL cholesterol. Again, take it with a grain of salt. But what I tell you, why I bring this up is there's a million things that experts, cardiologists will tell people and they are geniuses, right? Have you ever talked to a cardiologist and had them explain what they know, right? However, influencers, carnivore diet people will post a study or put their version of it on X, on Facebook and the genius cardiologist is, you know, chopped liver. We're going to listen to, you know, carnivore Aurelius guy over here because, well, what he says matches up with what I want to hear. Okay. I could care less where you, where you stand on that. But what I do care about is the eye and how people take care of them. You realize that these things that happen in the cardiovascular world are happening in what we do, whether it's myopia management how to properly treat dry eye, the supplements you should take to prevent macular degeneration, 
you'll find, or I, I'll find, this is an observation I've made, that people will gladly take anything that's not a pharmaceutical option if it's all natural when it's the form of something that doesn't really work versus a pharmaceutical option that does, right? Think about in eye terms. We all know what we prescribe. We know what works. We know what the studies say. We put time, effort, and energy into this, but they'll come in with a WebMD, a post they saw on Facebook, and they're not going to listen to anything that we're telling them. That's frustrating. How do you combat this? Well, one, have a bunch of different ways to give them the message. And two, if you've noticed anything I've done with my office, I'm on YouTube, I'm on Facebook, I'm putting out my own messaging. I'm creating that, uh, trying to at least, create that following, that persona where I'm one of those influencers, right? Hopefully, if you watch any of my content, any of my stuff, yes, it may be a little remedial. I may be you know, dumbing things down to an extent that layperson can understand it. But you and I both know what I'm saying is true and what we prescribe. You see where I'm coming from. We, as a profession, need to get better at speaking to our patients at a level they can understand. The reason people don't follow the advice that doctors give is they're scared, there's a financial aspect, or they don't understand or trust what they're hearing. We can combat all of those things if we put forth the messaging. It's not, I'm a doctor, so you listen to me anymore. Let's try to play their game, get on social media, make posts. The more we can reach out and contact our patient population, the more the word will spread, the better we'll all be. A rising tide raises all ships. That's what I have for you. Dr. Lily out.